0: Good morning, and welcome to worship on this 12th Sunday after Pentecost. Welcome to those of you joining us through our YouTube channel, through our OSL podcast, or through our radio broadcast. However you have found your way to us this morning, we are glad to have you joining us for this time of worship. Our radio broadcast this morning is sponsored by Michaela Gifford, in memory of her grandma, Mabel, who died two years ago Tuesday. Michaela, thank you for that sponsorship. In preparation for worship, I now invite you to light a candle and to gather some bread and wine or juice in order to celebrate Holy Communion a little later in our worship service. I also remind you that we have a copy of our bulletin on our website on our online worship page. Let us enter now into worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love is everlasting, whose faithfulness endures from generation to generation. Amen. Trusting in the mercy of God, we join in a prayer of confession. Let us pray. Reconciling God, we confess that we do not trust your abundance and we deny your presence in our lives. We place our hope in ourselves and rely on our own efforts. We fail to believe that you provide enough for all. We abuse your good creation for our own benefit. We fear difference and do not welcome others as you have welcomed us. We sin in thought, word, and deed. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us, so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. Beloved of God, by the radical abundance of divine mercy, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus, through whom we have obtained grace upon grace, and our sins are forgiven. Let us live now in hope, for hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing now together our gathering hymn Hymn number 652, Built on a Rock, and we sing verses 1, 2, and 3. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, with all your faithful followers of every age, we praise you, the rock of our life. Be our strong foundation and form us into the body of your Son, that we may gladly minister to all the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We now join Pastor Heather for a story time.
1: Good morning, OSL kids and adults, and welcome to another installation of a special story time as we meet another holy troublemaker and unconventional saint This morning, I am happy to introduce you to Rachel Held Evans. Here's her story. On a hot summer night in 1991, a 10-year-old girl lies in bed trying to get to sleep. Everyone else in the house is already sleeping, but for young Rachel Held Evans, nighttime is often miserable. She has a skin allergy called eczema, which means she often has patches of red, itchy skin on her body. At night, with nothing else to distract her, the itching and stinging feel so intense she can't relax or fall asleep. Daytime brings its own challenges. Rachel feels different from other kids. Often she can't participate in Phi Ed class due to her rashes. The ones on the back of her knees especially bother her if she gets sweaty but nighttime is the worst. Some nights, her parents make her take a bath in vinegar because doctors say it's supposed to help. But Rachel is left with an overwhelming smell of vinegar all over her body that turns her stomach. Hey, sweetie, Rachel's dad gently calls as he opens her bedroom door. I got up and heard you were still awake. Are you okay? Rachel melts into tears as her father comes over and kneels beside her bed. He strokes her cheek and hair. Her father sighs and holds her while she cries. I'm so sorry, honey. Dad, why did Jesus let this happen to me? There it was. That was the big question that had been turning over and over in Rachel's mind at night as her body itched, burned, and refused to fall asleep. As her body ached, her mind wrestled with the basic idea of how a good God could let this happen to a small child. Rachel grew up in Alabama and Tennessee in the Bible Belt of the United States. This nickname, Bible Belt, refers to the many churches in the region and the fact that most people identify as Christian. Rachel's parents taught her that God loved her and cared about her. Everything about God was good but Rachel had been struggling to reconcile the idea of a good and loving God with her daily pain and misery. If God was so powerful and so good, why did she have such terrible eczema? Rachel, I don't know, her dad said, but I do know that God loves you. This answer stunned Rachel. Her father didn't know. Rachel thought her dad knew everything there was to know about God. Rachel's father was a pastor and religion teacher. He had studied for many years at a seminary, a school where people study ideas about God. He'd learned the languages that the Bible was originally written in, and he'd trained to be a pastor, pastor and a religious teacher. Looking back on this night, when she was 10 years old and struggling with both her physical pain and her complicated ideas about God, Rachel later saw her father's answer as a beautiful gift. He helped her learn that it's okay to question God. It's okay to say, I don't know. Rachel became well-known for her questions about God and faith. Her first book chronicled her journey to learn more about science and evolution. Rachel grew up in the town where the famous Scopes Monkey trial happened in 1925. That was a famous court case over whether or not a science teacher could teach public school students about evolution. That's the town that she grew up in, where that trial took place, and figuring out if Rachel could have faith while also trusting scientific knowledge was a challenge for her. Rachel studied and read widely about theology, about ideas, about God, yet she still had plenty of questions. One of her favorite Bible stories was the one about Jacob wrestling in the night with a stranger, who later turned out to be God. It's okay to wrestle with God, Rachel wrote. God is truly okay with that. Rachel wrote numerous magazine articles and blog posts in addition to four books talking honestly about her faith, especially questions about God that she didn't have easy answers for. My dad taught me that I don't have to have God all figured out to have a relationship with God. I can wrestle with the divine, Rachel writes. At the same time, my dad also gave me a solid foundation in which to wrestle. What he did know for sure was that God loves me. Rachel's honest writing about her own doubts and questions have become beacons of light for many others who find themselves with the same questions, often late at night when the rest of the household is quiet and still. People find Rachel's writings full of honest insights, regardless of where they live. Reading her words makes them feel less alone. Rachel was able to be a comforting presence to others, just like her father was to her that night when he came into her room to check on her. Because of him, Rachel boldly said, I don't know all the answers. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to be angry even. But I do know that the essence of the divine is love. In the midst of your questions, you are fully loved right now just as you are. Rachel also spoke up about unfair policies in the church. Above her writing desk, She kept a small sign on which she had written, Tell the truth. She knew that the truth held power. As the Christian scriptures say, the truth will set you free. John chapter 8. But Rachel also knew that speaking and writing the truth often upset powerful people. She kept on telling the truth anyway. And she kept on assuring people that no matter what pastors and church officials might say, God always loves Each and every person. Rachel was especially passionate when people were being treated in a way that she knew didn't measure up to the life and teachings of Jesus. She became a vocal advocate for the full inclusion of LGBTQ people in church as well as for women who were serving in senior positions in the church despite the protests of more conservative voices who thought only men could have authority in the church. Rachel also publicly reminded Christian leaders that Jesus always would have chosen to go home to dinner with the very people the church was forgetting or rejecting. Rachel's vision of church included everyone. This is what God's kingdom is like a bunch of outcasts and oddballs gathered at a table not because they are rich or worthy or good, but because they are hungry because they said yes, and there's always room for more. In May of 2019, Rachel died unexpectedly after a short illness. She was only 37 years old. She left a husband and two young children. Shock and grief spread quickly. Rachel's words have given life, hope, and meaning to so many people. People from all over the world wrote tributes and remembrances of her. They told stories of how Rachel's words inspired them. Women told of going into ministry because of Rachel. LGBTQ people said they finally realized they were fully loved by the divine because of Rachel. And all kinds of people said they found their way back to a relationship with God because of her work. In an interview for this book, Before She Died, Rachel talked about loving the mothering metaphors for God found throughout the Bible. Those metaphors became especially meaningful to her after she became a mother herself. She particularly loved the image of God the mother hen, gathering her chicks under her wings, from Matthew chapter 23. Now Rachel is gathered up in that great mystery of the beyond somehow gathered under God's soft, warm wings. And those of us still on this side of that great mystery have Rachel's words and witness to continue to guide us. So my question for you to ponder, maybe to talk about as a family is, do you have questions that cause you to wrestle with God? God welcomes our questions God welcomes our curiosities, and your church welcomes your questions. In fact, we invite your questions to be part of the ways that we together wrestle with God and wrestle with who we're called to be, our purpose in the world, wrestle with all of the big challenges before us. God invites our questions, invites our wrestling and reminds us that through it all, we are beloved, no matter what. Thanks for listening to another installation of Story Time. Thanks for meeting with me, another holy troublemaker and unconventional saint. We continue our worship now as we
2: hear our first reading for this day.
0: Our first reading this morning morning, comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. God's grace empowers different forms of service among Christians, but all forms of ministry function to build up the body of Christ. A reading from Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Word of God, word of life. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Haiti will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you all in the name of Jesus, our Messiah, the Son of of the living God, amen. Jesus and his disciples have just come into the district of Caesarea Philippi, a Gentile city about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has been healing and teaching all along the way. He's been confronted many times by scribes and Pharisees and people are wondering, talking, surmising about who he is about his identity and purpose. Who is this peasant, small-town healer, teacher, miracle worker anyway? Who is he? Jesus asks his disciples, So what are folks saying about me? Well, some say you're John the Baptist, resurrected Elijah, or one of the other prophets. Okay, but what do you say? Jesus asks them. Who knows how long the silence lasted before Peter breaks it. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. What a great confession. The Son of the Living God. The Living God. Not to be contained in only creeds or commandments or rules or mission statements. Son of the Living God. God in Jesus is this dynamic presence. Our living God engages us living beings right where we are and right as who we are. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, Jesus says, for such a confession. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Jesus continues. Whenever I read these words, I can't help but picture St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. It's at the center of Vatican City. It's the largest basilica in the world, and it is amazing to behold inside and out. Here's a little church history for you. Scripture and tradition suggest that Peter was martyred in Rome around 64 AD at one of the great imperial circuses. His body was taken outside the walls of the arena, and there, on the side of what was called the Vatican Hill, he was buried. According to tradition, a small chapel was built over his tomb which became a place of pilgrimage for early Christians. Over 200 years later, Emperor Constantine built a basilica dedicated to St. Peter in that same place. Then, in 1506, a new basilica was built to replace it yet again, which is the one standing still today. The Vatican has long held that Peter was buried under the basilica, but of course there was no proof until 1939, when just below the floor level of the basilica, excavation discovered ancient Roman graves, and directly beneath the altar a large burial site was found with signs of a tomb and a small altar and remains that some say confirm the long-held belief that Peter truly was buried there. 2s S Petros, in giant Latin gilded lettering on the cupola. These words greet all who enter St. Peter's Basilica. You are Peter, Petros, rock, and on this rock I will build my church. I wonder what Peter would think of that grand structure built in his name I don't know. I think Peter knew himself to be bold, but he also knew himself to blunder. He was fiery and passionate, but also not unaccustomed to error. I wonder if he felt like a rock at all. Fiery, passionate, yes, persuasive even too, but a solid anchoring rock? I don't think he would have described himself as such. And neither would I, honestly. Peter was regularly confused and often downright wrong. He wavered, he doubted, he denied Jesus. He fell asleep when Jesus told him to keep watch. Peter was no perfect, immovable rock. And yet, Jesus says, Upon his confession, the church will be built. Some have said that in naming Peter the rock, Jesus was making a joke. An exaggeration about Peter, who only a little earlier in the gospel, sank like a stone when he tried walking on water, if you remember from a few weeks back. That's a pretty good joke, but if we listen closely, we hear something else, too. Blessed are you, Jesus tells Peter, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Which is like saying, Blessed are you, Peter, because it is God who has opened your eyes. Jesus didn't say to Peter, Blessed are you for your insight or for your bold faith. Rather, blessed are you, Peter, because of what God has done, what God has shown you. Blessed are you, Peter, for seeing God with you and for you. You are Peter, Jesus says giving him, Simon, a new name. You are Petros, Jesus actually says to him, making a pun in his native tongue, and on this Petra I will build my church. It is the same word Jesus uses twice, the masculine and then the feminine form of the word for rock, but there is a subtle difference between the two. Petros, the name Jesus gives Peter, means a stone or pebble, a small piece of a larger rock, while Petra means a boulder, a great big rock. So you could say that makes Peter just a piece of the rock, a chip off the old block, perhaps. Peter is a rock because he is a chip off the rock of ages. And the church is built on that connection, on that relationship, not on any virtue of Peter's or yours or mine. Peter is blessed and chosen, not because he's done everything right or because he is better than the rest, but because Jesus, in his unsearchable wisdom, would and could use a bull-headed, big-hearted, fallible, stubborn, never-say-die, chip off the old block to build upon. In fact, I believe that God uses the broken parts of our stories in the most beautiful of ways. God uses our struggles and questions and mistakes and heartbreaks. God both works to heal us and God works to bless the world through us, through our honesty, through the lessons of humility we've learned, through the wisdom formed and shaped in us by our God of grace, who holds us fast through it all. God uses our broken parts
2: God uses
1: us with all our scars to bear grace and love in our world, to bear compassion and understanding for other wayward souls seeking to live this life, this precious life well, with meaning, with purpose, with a sense of center connection with our God of love. One of the reasons this summer I've been including stories from this book holy troublemakers and unconventional saints is because the saints named in this book find their calling through their own personal struggles, through their questions and uncertainties, through the challenges that they have faced. Often those challenges just for being different. Their stories are our stories. Their stories are the stories of faith, the stories of the church. They are the little stones, just like Peter, who know they are connected to God because of God's love and promises. They are the little stones that God uses, not in spite of their broken, jagged edges, but because of them. And to such saints, to Peter, to holy troublemakers, to us, Jesus gives the keys of the kingdom of heaven to bind and to loose, and all that will mean for us in our lives of faith. Jesus empowers us to enact forgiveness, to be messengers of grace. Jesus empowers us to proclaim good news. Jesus empowers us with humility to name injustice in our world, sin, to call especially the powers that be into new ways of concern and care for all, into God's ways, into kingdom ways. Now that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean the church always gets it right. Perfection has never been our strong point. Quite honestly, but grace grace should always be our end point. You know all the pictures that I've shown you today are actually from my own travels in Italy almost twenty years ago now. It is ever more poignant to think back on such trips now and the incredible privilege it has been to see such places in the world. One of the things that I distinctly remember from that trip is how many different saints were honored and commemorated everywhere. At every turn, there was a patron saint of this town or of that event, a basilica named after one saint, a festival commemorating another. Most of these saints are not remembered for their power or privilege, but for their humility and service. And I would guess they would be rather shocked to learn there was so much to do about them. Maybe sort of like Peter. Maybe sort of like Rachel Held Evans from our story time today. Maybe even sort of like you, me too. You are a rock, and with you I am building my church, Jesus says to us. Through the Holy Spirit, we are the little stones that God uses to build the kingdom. You are a chip off the old block. And even in this time, this time of great pause when nothing is normal, we are still the church, and God is present. In both our collective and individual pain, loss, struggle, through it all, God is present. God's Spirit works the work of healing and hope in us, and God uses us, each in our own holy and unconventional way, to build love and hope, to work for justice, especially for those who too often have none, to heal divisions, to listen better to those around us who are hurting too, God uses us, little stones that we are, not in spite of our broken jagged edges, but because of them. So, my friends, be bold like Peter. Be honest like a holy troublemaker and unconventional saint and rest in the promise that you are connected to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You are a chip off the old block. Amen.
0: We sing together our hymn of the day, Take My Life That I May Be, hymn number 685, verses 1 through 4. Thank you. of your care and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Lord, our rock, you are are our foundation in Jesus Christ, whom we confess as the living God. Prepare your church for its mission in bearing witness to Christ in this time of pandemic, Guide us in our continued care for one another and our neighbor in need. Inspire us in creative ways to be the church, to practice discipleship and service, both here at home and throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You call forth praises from the far reaches of the universe to the smallest of creatures. Join our songs to theirs that a spirit of praise and thanksgiving will arouse us to cherish this wondrous home you give us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Direct the leaders of countries, legislators and magistrates, mayors and councils to walk in your ways. Help leaders regard those in need with mercy and fulfill your loving purposes in the governance of peoples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve us, deliver us, and fulfill your purpose for us. According to your steadfast love, grant healing and wholeness to those who are bereaved in trouble or adversity or sick and in need of care, especially Deb Johnson, Scott Mason, Terry Mason's brother, Alice Kennedy, Carolyn Barnhart, Marilyn Lee, and the family of Audrey Erickson. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You call us into this community of our Savior's Lutheran Church in which we, though many, are one in Christ. May we recognize in ourselves and in one another the unique gifts you have given us for the building up of the church for the sake of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You are the everlasting everlasting rock from which we were hewn, and you restore your people to joy and gladness. In blessed memory and hope, we thank you for the lives of our beloved dead, especially Audrey Erickson. Bring us with them to our heavenly home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share a sign of peace with those you are gathered with as we send our greetings to you and as we greet each other here. Peace be with you. This morning I want to say a word of thanks for all the ways in which you share generously with those in our community, and here at our saviors um, as we work to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ. Your support of our ongoing ministry is vital to the work that we do, so thank you for that continued support. We invite you to send your offering to our church office or to use our online giving option through our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our offertory, let the vineyards be fruitful.
1: Goodness and life. All creation is yours, and your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Water and word, wine and bread, these are signs of your abundant grace. Nourish us through these gifts, that we might proclaim your steadfast love in our community and in our world, through Jesus Christ, our strength and our song. Amen. for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to share communion now with those you may be gathered with for worship or receive this sacrament yourself. The living God meets us in this meal with grace and love. May you be filled up with the promise of your belovedness. The body of Christ is given for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. At this time, I welcome Michaela Gifford to share with us special music as we celebrate communion. She'll be playing an arrangement of Jesus Loves Me. The body and blood of our lord jesus christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace amen let us pray god of welcome and grace in this meal we have feasted on your goodness and have been united by your presence among us empower us to go forth sustained by these gifts so that we may share your passionate fierce and neighborly love with all, through Jesus Christ, the giver of abundant life. Amen.
0: As you enter now into the rest of this Sabbath day, hear these words of promise and blessing. Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit the Comforter bless you and keep you in eternal love. Amen. I want to share with you now some announcements. First, I want to let you know that we are gearing up for virtual Sunday school this fall. If you would be willing to be recorded reading a Bible story, please let me know. We would love to include a variety of faces and voices sharing these stories of faith with our Sunday school children and families. I also want to let you know that next week, on Sunday, August 30th, we will hold our blessing of the backpacks. Denise and I will be here in the parking lot at OSL from 930 to noon for a drive-through blessing at the start of the school year. We ask that you enter the parking lot on the north side from 9th Avenue and drive through and exit the parking lot over on 10th. We will also be handing out story Bibles to our three-year-olds on that day, so plan to come and pick those up as well. Hopefully, sometime last week, you received an email letting you know of an in-person worship service, a compline service, that we will be hosting on Wednesday, August 26th, um, out in our parking lot. In keeping with the Dunn County's um, health recommendations, we are limited to 25 people at this gathering. So if you are interested in attending this service, please call the church office. um, And call also if you're interested in attending um, future um, offerings like this, um, even if you aren't able to make it um, this Wednesday. We are trying to track interest um, in these services and to figure out whether we should continue to offer them or not. So please let us know what your thoughts and interests are. I remind you that if you have a prayer concern or if you wish to visit with one of our parish nurses or one of our pastors, please reach out to us. We are here for you. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. Finally, I want to take a moment to say a word of thanks to someone you can't see, but who has been journeying with us since this pandemic started, and that is Nathan Miller. He has been serving as our videographer, helping to record these worship services ever since we moved to virtual worship. And I just want to say thank you, Nathan, because without your time and your talent and your resources and your gifts and your faithfulness, we would not have made it this far. So thank you for that. And as you return to school, to in-person school, we wish you um, and all of our educators the best. But thank you for your faithfulness um, in joining us for this, uh, for these worship services. Our worship concludes now as we sing our sending hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less, number 597.
1: Go now in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.